Hello and welcome to a Wednesday, November 1st edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Haris Kirmani, and I've got my guy, Ramiz, as we jump into a new month of the NBA season, a new beginning of a beginning as far as the season is concerned, and it is greeting us in the biggest way possible, a 13 Count it, 1-3-13 game slate for us to go ahead and just bite right into because it is absolutely insane. You know, you'll be seeing it on the uh, on the DFS delivery that I'll be writing as well, but it's so easy to get caught up in analysis paralysis here. There's so many different ways to go and so many guys that could be in potential favorable matchups that really... You know, the way I look at it here is that on these large slates, you have to look at the opportunities where people could be putting up six to seven X like specifically. So so to me, cash plays and all of that, there's so many options, so many ways to go that I'm not even focused on that here. I'm looking at GPP takedowns only. And for me, it's about who do I think could put up a seven X night on here. And that helps kind of narrow down who I'm potentially looking at and uh, makes it a little clearer for me. But and Ramiz, in a, in a massive slate here for me, with me as well, how how do you approach these kind of things? Uh, bro, it's actually really tough. I mean, because like you said, this is still a pretty new season. So a lot of these guys are priced high. Some of these guys, it's kind of difficult to gauge how they're going to be. I mean, I was just looking at, for example, uh, Jill and Durant, and I'm like, damn, this guy, is, he's really high in value nowadays. I mean, compared to like the first mm-hmm. game or last season. So it's going to be pretty difficult, I think. Yeah, I mean, those prices get adjusted at such a quick rate at this point, which is why I always say, you know, if you see an opportunity, do not mess with it. Just jump right in, take it, don't second guess yourself, because the next thing you know, Desmond Bain is 8,500. So you're going to find yourself in those kind of situations, and then it's like, okay, well, I told you to take him when he was in the seven grand, and now he's sitting at this. So it's just what it's going to be. But let's dive right into it. With, of course, letting our viewers and listeners know that Sports Ethos's DFS Pass remains the best value in the DFS business. Get yourself onto SportsEthos.com. Subscribe to the NBA DFS Pass. Get yourself access to the amazing content that we have, such as our daily pickums, so you can see what kind of props are the ones that you want to get into today. Your D- the uh, DFS fantasy pass, the DFS delivery, all of it that really gets into who are going to be the picks that can make all the difference for you in this slate. And of course, you get access to the Discord as well, where you get a little bit more active interaction. You get to ask the pros and really get into what their thought processes are and talking to people who have years and years of experience in the industry. So definitely worth getting on that ASAP. If you haven't already, what are you doing? Get on to sportsethos.com and get yourself subscribed. But let's jump right into it. And, and just as for those who watched us last week, listened to us last week, we have so many games here that we like to focus in on positions here instead. It's it's much more, to me, viable to be able to get into that and really talk about kind of what gets us uh, gets us potentially thinking about big opportunities for value here. So I'm going to jump right into talking about a couple of point guards that I like here. And, you know, there aren't too many guys that I'm going to be wanting to spend up. But if there is someone that I'm going to find myself spending up on, it is going to be Steph Curry. And it's going to be Steph Curry in a matchup 
that he absolutely loves. The Sacramento-Golden State matchup, which is always one of those super fun ones that happen every season. And when he has those kind of matchups, he does exactly what he did already in the season. In Sacramento, dropped 57 and a half at DK points on that night. 41 points, actual points on that one, going 14 of 19. And he's been on a tear as far as his three-point shooting is concerned. I mean, at Steph Curry levels, but I mean, he's hit seven, six, seven in the last uh, three uh, three games. And he's not showing any signs of slowing down. Definitely not aging away in any way there. So, I mean... With no De'Aaron Fox, with a lot of other things that uh, Sacramento is going to be dealing with, I think this is a really, really nice matchup for Steph Curry to absolutely kill it. And I think he could have a 60-point night here if he keeps going. Okay, so I guess that's your big-time player. I decided to go big and somewhere else. But mm-hmm. I did go up pretty uh, pretty decent price at Jamal Murray at 7,800. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking about the fact that every pick-and-roll will probably involve Towns or Rudy Gobert, and as great as these guys are at defending the paint, perimeter-wise, I think Jamal Murray will be able to get a lot of catch and uh, opportunities to just take the off-the-dribble shots in the mid-range or on the in the like around that free-throw area where I think he will really dominate. And especially at his price, he's been able to play every game at a pretty solid price. So I think uh, this would be a great chance for him to just repeat the same thing that he's been doing, especially against a perimeter defense that uh, that's not that good. Yeah, no, I like it. It's a it's a good slot. It's a good price tag, and Jamal Murray is always going to be Jamal Murray. And I mean, at that same price tag, I've also got to be a little bit closer to home. Where you know, until Scotty Barnes gets more expensive than he is, he's just continuing to be a guy that I will go to night in and night out. It's it's quite clear for anyone who hasn't been watching the Raptors that Scotty Barnes is going to be everything as far as the Toronto Raptors is are concerned it's you know Siakam is taking a backseat his price tag which is saying at 9200 is crazy all these other offensive weapons are all taking a backseat to what Scotty can get himself going there so regardless of how things go how well he's potentially shooting all of that that's secondary to the fact that he is going to be in the conversation for a near triple double pretty much every time he goes out to play now he's going to be sitting as a point guard Dennis Schroeder gets to be putting up the floor but once he gets to the third and fourth quarter it's going to be Scotty Barnes taking over he's put up 19 16 14 and 16 like purely 16 plus field goal attempts is a given now on any night as far as Scotty's concerned so all of that coming together regardless of how well the Raptors themselves are going to do, it's going to be a big season for Scotty Barnes and 7,800 is just way too cheap a price tag for a guy who's likely going to be sitting somewhere close to 9,000 by the time everything starts to uh, get uh, a little evened out. So again, take advantage of it while it lasts. All right. Uh, so another pick that I went with is a bit of a cheaper side of things, which is Alex Crusoe. And uh, he's one of the players I've talked about in this slate, especially it's because of the, I guess, the type of game that this will be because Alex Cruz is going to be someone to see to, uh, who have a lot of minutes, especially going against potentially a Kyrie Irving and Dunch's backward. Of course, Kyrie's available, but he's not confirmed yet. Uh, but similar to the Raptors game where he basically did a lot of things for them, especially at that point guard position, I think Alex Cruz may be able to replicate that similar performance against Dallas. Uh, and he only is at 4,300, so I do really like that price tag for him. And he's one guy I'm willing to take that chance at. Because worst case scenario, if he does not perform, I still think he'll be able to get you 25 DK fantasy points. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And uh, I'm also looking at the uh, cheap side of things. And <laughs> it, it really just comes down to what I'm thinking is going to be a pretty decent matchup at home for Taylor Horton Tucker, 4,900. 
against a team on the Memphis side that is obviously not running a real point guard on it. It's really just Marcus Smart on, on, on that end. And frankly, if there's anything that's helping Taylor Horton Tucker out, it's the fact that he's got a bit of size on him and he's got a pretty clear uh, pathway to minutes. Like people were worried about how they would end up splitting minutes between you know, him, Colin Sexton, all of that. But it's clear that Sexton is going to be secondary to Taylor Horton Tucker, despite the fact that he had that one random game in between that was like 16 minutes. But by and large, consistently in that high 20s uh, to low 30s as far as his minutes are going to be concerned. And even if he's not necessarily shooting the lights out, he's clearly become a much more important ball handler and assist maker for this team. So his floor, to me, sits very comfortably in the 20s, while a decent game from him can get you somewhere into the mid to high 30s. So yeah, excited to be able to take him, and that's going to be uh, the extent of my point guards. All right. I guess I'll t- I can take the lead on shooting guards, starting off with, uh, but this is a situational type pick, and that's Donald Mitchell at 9,900, mainly because uh, I'm looking at the fact that Dears Garland did not play, as we're speaking, he's not playing right now, and neither is Karis LeVert. And I think if you get a repeat of that on Wednesday, I think he's one of those high-end picks that you might want to take a chance on because against New York, I mean, it's, it's, everyone is always motivated to play in the garden and have a performance, and Donald Mitchell is no exception to that. So I think if he's the only guard playing that is actually a scoring guard, then I think you can expect another spectacular performance from him. And at 9900 it is a high price, especially because looking at Curry and you're looking at all these other high-end players. Mm. But I think it's someone, if you really want someone to hit that maybe 40-point game or 45-point game, I think Don Mitchell is really capable of doing that if he's the only option. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot uh, that runs through him, and he has the capability to do so. On the other hand, I'm looking at all this red on the Brooklyn-Miami game, specifically on the Brooklyn side. And I've got a pair of guys that uh, are definitely ones that I am keying in on. First of it being Cam Thomas, 6,600 at this point, which obviously is a bit expensive. But again, in one of those scenarios where I don't even necessarily like him in real life, but the reality is he's getting (laughs) 19 shots a game on average for the first three games of the season. And his minutes total has ramped up every time when going all the way up to 38 minutes in the last game. Now, I don't know if that's going to last to this extent here, but what I do know is you don't go off a guy who is on a hot streak until he proves to you that he's not. And he has had three straight 30-point scoring games where even if he's not necessarily putting up a lot of ancillary stats, the fact that he's finding himself at the free throw line at near double-digit attempts just shows how committed he is to absolutely just putting the ball in the bucket, whatever opportunity he gets. So, you know, as much as you were hoping someone like a Jordan Poole would be having that kind of season, it's uh, it's been the uh, early Cam Thomas show to be able to uh, do something like that. And regardless of anything else, I think his points are absolutely going to keep him in value and he could be dropping an absolute monster in, uh, in this kind of a game where it's going to be, you know, people usually get afraid of uh, so lower total games and that, but really what it means is that the ancillary players get a little shafted while the main guys end up getting even more usage than you'd expect because it's going to end up that kind of in that kind of scenario. And at this time, with Cam Johnson gone, Dinwiddie doubtful, there's really no other guard that they can rely on to score consistently outside of Mikael Bridges. And for Cam Thomas to be sitting there at 6600, that's one that I'm looking at. But at the same time, if I'm looking a little cheaper as well, we got to see another guy play somewhere close to 30 minutes who had. You know, a great start to the season last year with the Lakers before he went ahead and just got like thrown off the rotation altogether. But that's Lonnie Walker, 4,800 in this matchup. 
got 29 minutes in the last game, showed his capability once again to be able to fill up the stat sheet in a bunch of different ways when he gets that opportunity. And especially with uh, Dinwiddie out, he was the one who immediately benefited from that and uh, is likely going to be sitting in that same kind of uh, minutes total again. So while 4,800 is a pretty decent jump from his uh, price tag, which was sitting in the 3,000s going into it, I still think he's in a great position to be able to beat that pretty comfortably. Uh, I mean, as long as we're talking about former Lakers guards, I'm going to talk about Malik Monk because at 5,700, I think he's a great player who I think you previously spoke about in this game is going to be a high-scoring game, and there is no De'Aaron Fox, and Davion Mitchell isn't one to have that scoring power that I think Malik Monk will be able to provide, and especially down the line, I think he might be the closing point guard alongside Kevin, closing backcourt with Kevin Herter, uh, but at 5,700, is a high price, and he hasn't really had that performance, but... In these types of games, you got to go with the players that you really think can really shine. And especially in this Sacramento and Golden State Warriors game, there's one thing that's confirmed. There's going to be a lot of points scored and not a lot of defense played. So I think Malik Monk, as long as he will probably be also one of those guys who does the pick and rolls with uh, Sabonis, I think this is a great chance for Malik Monk to have an explosive type game, especially where they're going to need it, where they're going to need it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was obviously a leading candidate for six-man last year. Now gets an opportunity to have even more usage. Definitely a guy I had on my list as well. So I mean, that's going to round out my shooting guards here if you have any more to talk about. Otherwise, I can jump into the small forwards. Uh, I mean, the only guy who I have on my one-to-watch list is Sheedon Sharp, but I'm mm-hmm. not fully committed to him. He has been getting around 38, I believe, 37 to 38 minutes in these past two games. So that's, I think that's something to watch in maybe later games. Yeah, uh, so Shaden Sharp was on my list uh, as far as small forwards are concerned. That being <laughs> oh, I said, I, I, it's less so than looking at the Indiana side over here where I'm really keeping an eye on what this Tyrese Halliburton status is going to look like. Questionable coming into this game and um, you know didn't attend practice in the last game. And if we've seen one thing with Tyrese Halliburton is that if he's questionable there's a good chance that they might just you know let him rest in in this game here and if that happens i think there's a lot of opportunity for quite a few of these guards and uh, forwards to be able to go ahead and take the lead there but first and foremost i'd be looking at bruce brown who is at 5600 now has that small forward eligibility has already shown his uh intent to be a lot more involved in the offensive side this season and while you know, 5600 might be a little expensive for a guy who's not necessarily known for lighting it up as far as the offensive side is concerned. He is averaging 15 points a game, has already put up a 20-plus point game in the season as well. And in these kind of scrappier games where Bruce Brown gets to show off his defensive chops alongside everything else, I expect that even though it may not necessarily be the closest game, he's going to be the one who is going to get that opportunity to be able to play. And uh, I do like him for his price tag to be able to drop 30-plus as far as his DK points are concerned. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, Bruce Brown was on my list because if Tyrus Halliburton doesn't play, I think Bruce Brown's a guy who gets slotted at point guard, even at the small forward position, which is a great value. Uh, I decided to go with uh, a rookie and Brandon Miller. Mm. Uh, he's a guy who's played 36 minutes last game, 33 minutes last game, and that's great to see because if he gets more minutes, more opportunity, and he's been able to hit over 30 DK fantasy points in the last one, around 40. And if he can do the same thing against Houston, which is not really a def- defensive monster, and I think, uh, of course, Lamelo playing who helps Brandon Miller's game. And like, if Brandon Miller can just continuously hit a shot, I think that's going to be another great game to uh, have, uh, another great player to have on your slate. Uh, that's fair. And while we're on the uh, word of uh, rookies and all, Osar Thompson also on the uh, Detroit side. Again, going back to that, uh, first of all, Jalen Duran's status is something to be able to keep monitoring. But regardless. 
in that Portland Detroit game and in general, Osar Thompson has shown himself to be that guy who's able to play basically three different positions. They list him at small forward, power forward, but he's found himself in shooting guard as a result as well. And what's really interesting and fun to watch with him is just his out of position rebounds. He's got three straight double digit rebounding games at this point has uh, shown himself to be a pretty crazy blocker or blocker of the game as well, which isn't necessarily what people had him as kind of coming into the season. But this dude at this point has now gotten in four games, 10 blocks, which is, uh, yeah, it's something that's just racking up those stats out there. His minutes incredibly secure. He's not going to be anywhere below 30 to 31 minutes there. And he hasn't put up a real dud game yet. And his price tag has kind of stayed in that, uh, same 5,000 ish range while he's continuously put up 30 plus points of, 30 plus DK points for three straight games. And I expect that uh, this is going to be yet another opportunity for him to continue to do that. And, you know, him against Scoot is going to be a fun little side uh, side thing as well. But uh, I do think that Osar is really showing how good Detroit is going to be this year and how scrappy they are and how much kind of future they actually have as far as young talent is concerned. And I like him for his price tag until it gets to kind of that high 6,000 mark. Well, I mentioned a rookie. You mentioned one. Let's mention another one in Bilal Koulibaly. Another pick that I will be watching because if uh, Daniel Gafford doesn't play, Bilal Koulibaly started last game at the center position. It was able to get to 22.8 DK fantasy points. Uh, and he was able to get two blocks, a steal, a couple of rebounds. And he's only priced at 4,000. So, like, if you want to go for these players like Steph Curry or like Adama Mitchell, a block Kula Bali at 4,000, I think, is a great, uh, great value pick at that price, especially if Daniel Gafford doesn't play. Yeah, that's fair. I think a lot of people are waiting for him to uh, eventually break out this season. And that first uh, game against Boston is where he really showed a little bit of that glimpse. So we'll have to see what that uh, translates to in this next game. And I mean, hey, that's where uh, GPPs really come from. Um, on, honestly, on the power forward side, much of what I'm looking at is uh, people who have that uh, dual eligibility. I already talked about uh, Osar as far as that's concerned. I do think in that same price tag range, Jalen Williams continues to be a guy that I will always like for his uh, his price tag here. I expect this uh, Pelicans and OKC game is going to be a, a pretty... Uh, a pretty close one. That's one thing. And in fact, uh, if we're looking at the spread side of things, which I didn't want to focus too, too much on just given how many games we are, but we are looking at one that's about a, a three point spread here. So I expect it's going to be a game that goes down to the wire. Jalen Williams continues to find more ways to get himself involved. His offensive game just continues to develop from that perspective as well. Dropped 40 DK points in the last game. And again, you talk about guys who have a pretty safe floor and able to develop a, uh, Beyond that, he's a guy who's not going to play less than anywhere between 33 or 34 minutes, is a key offensive option on that OKC team, is one for their future, and just continues to find ways to uh, fill up the stat sheet, even if he's not purely scoring. So 5,900, uh, having that uh, dual eligibility to get him where you need to, I absolutely love him as a pick. I decided to go with Keegan Murray at 6,300. I think Fox not being out opens a lot of doors, similar to how you mentioned about Tyrese Halliburton being out, opens a lot of doors for Indiana players. I think you can say the same for Kings players. So I mentioned, of course, uh, Malik Monk, but I think Keegan Murray, a guy who I believe has been tempting like nine threes or like in almost every single game. Uh, I think if at 6,300, I think will be another game where he will have a lot more usage and a lot more opportunity. And at 6,300, I really like that risk. I like it. 
Yeah, I think we're sticking with that uh, mid-tier a lot in here. There's just so much good value to be able to go around. And I mean, a couple of uh, honorable mentions without getting into uh, too much detail. I think PJ Washington in that same price tag continues to be a guy who's going to be pretty uh, dangerous as far as his price tag is concerned. I think John Collins at 55 is in a good spot to be able to continue to produce at his uh, his level as well. But yeah, there's just a a couple of ways to be able to go about doing that. And, And all of that leads into the fact that I'm looking at the centers, and there's outside of if I want to be crazy and spend up on Jokic, which I don't think I want to do, there's just not that many centers that were, to me, just like jumping out. There was a a couple of opportunities, mostly uh, going back to uh, players like John Collins, who have that dual eligibility, and I'd like him for uh, that price tag to be able to go in. And also, if Jalen Duran doesn't play, the other area I'm looking at is Isaiah Stewart. Went up to 31 minutes in the last game. We know how good he can be when he's able to get uh, not only just consistent minutes, but consistent usage. That's where it comes to. Not that he's just playing minutes to be able to do nothing. If he can actually be that beef stew that we know him to be at 5,400, I think he's going to be in a great matchup with DeAndre Ayton. They're going to be going at it all night. I expect this to be a a big rebounding night for uh, Isaiah Stewart, especially if Jalen Duran is out. And at 5,400, he's got a ceiling to be able to put up mid-30s. So I always love that. I decided to go big on this area, and that's in Anthony Davis. Uh, he's had monster performances, and I'm going to steal your quote. Is, I'm going to steal your former quote that you just used in this podcast, which is, if someone's on a hot streak, you got to keep on going until they lose it. And I think Anthony Davis is someone who I don't think Zubac or Mason Plumlee will trouble. Uh, I think he'll be able to draw a lot more fouls. And in the situation, they did make that trade with James Harden. So they lost a lot of their forwards. I think mm. they only have... Actually, P.J. Tucker, I don't know if he's going to play that day. So it's going to come down to Kawhi, Paul George, and your two centers to really guard Anthony Davis. And especially at a home game, I think Anthony Davis is in a great form where he's really comfortable. And I don't think these guys will be able to stop him from having another monster performance. I like it. Monster performances are always fun to me. And hopefully we don't have to see another monster performance like what DeAndre Ayton did the other night against the Raptors. But this price tag just sits at that 6,500 point where even if he hasn't been putting up the points that honestly I expect, like he's sitting at eight and a half, 8.8 points a game at this point in the season. That's that's not going to last. They're definitely going to find more ways to start to get him involved. Jeremy Grant's chucking has to come to an end at some point, And they've got to be able to get the big man a few more shots in there. And he's getting himself to good positions. But as long as he's putting up the rebounding numbers that he has been so far in the season averaging nearly 15 rebounds a game obviously topped it at 23 in the last game which ended up with him on a 48 dk point night but all of that just leaves him with again a a good matchup for him to be able to get involved you know having that size on the other end just really makes it so that portland doesn't have much choice other than to try and get him going a little bit more to deal with it so yep 6500 is uh is where i'm going to be stopping as far as my picks for centers are concerned well, my last pick is uh, a really budget pick, and that's Onyeka Kagu for Atlanta. He's a guy who's, uh, I believe, uh, placed around 3,900. Uh, he's averaged around 25 DK fantasy points in his past two games. And, I mean, he's been stealing a lot of minutes from Clint Capella, and I'm hoping he can continue that. Uh, I think he's around 24, 25 minutes, and sometimes even playing more than Clint Capella, which is what you like to see from Onyeka Kongu, uh, especially in this type of game where there isn't a Gafford, like I mentioned, possibly. And if they go small with Block Lulubai, I think Okongu is another guy who's going to be able to strive in that type of game. And at 3,900, I really like that pick. All right. Well, 
You've heard from me. You've heard from Ramiz. There's just so many different ways to be able to go ahead and skin the cat, as they say, as far as this slate is concerned. <laughs> you can go with the mid-tier guys all the way through. Lots of opportunities to be able to go ahead and get yourself a little bit of space to maybe squeeze one high expensive guy. Is it going to be on the big man side? You're going to go with Anthony Davis. You're going to go with a Steph Curry. Well, it'll all kind of fit into how your lineup ends up working out and where it is that you're finding value otherwise. But as always, I love hearing what you guys have to say in terms of what your lineups are looking like, where your value is coming from. And you can find me on Twitter to talk to me about that or on Discord, but on Twitter at HAK underscore devil. You can follow me, get all the takes, hear about all my sadness because I'm going to be watching uh, the Raptors tomorrow getting <laughs> smacked by Milwaukee. There's no two ways about it. We're going to get slapped this game. But at least I'll get to watch uh, watch some of the uh, Milwaukee guys really go ahead and put it. So the fact that they're all healthy coming in, that's interesting. We get to see uh, Giannis and Damian together. But speaking of seeing things together, where can people find you to uh, get things together with you? Uh, well, they can find me at Twitter at 2Nice. That'll be spelled T-O-0 underscore nice underscore. And yes, we can talk about Raptors being trash and be depressed together. <laughs> I like it. It's, it is getting to that gloomy season. I mean, it's already cold. Parts of parts, other parts of Canada here they were oh, doing it's already started snowing. Thankfully, it hasn't hit us just as of yet. But but I hear it's coming, man. Friends in Montreal already had like three inches of snow today. I mean, this, is, this is annoying. So you know it's going to be coming to the Toronto region soon enough. But we try to keep it warm on the NBA DFS Today podcast. Again, for those who haven't subscribed, get yourself over to sportsethos.com. Get onto that NBA DFS Today pass. But as always, best of luck to your lineups and let's go take down some GPPs.